Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. I'm your host, Laurel Gurrier. All right. Today's episode features Darren Moore. She is the founder of Cooper Rose, which serves as advocates for cloth diapering, breastfeeding, baby wearing, and natural products in communities lacking the support in these areas. Today, she will be sharing her birth story and sharing more about the work of Cooper Rose. So, hello, Darren, and welcome to the show. Hello. Thank Hi. you. <laughs> Disclaimer, as always, because we are a parent-owned business um, or operation or whatever you want to call this podcast, we yeah. have um, two co-hosts oh. today, my son, Omari, and actually Darren's son, um, Cooper. Cooper. So, uh, you may be hearing them okay. in the background, but no worries. Okay. So. Darren, can you start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. Um, so I'm Darren. Um, I am a 42-year-old um, lady who has a two-year-old. So easy math. I had a, a child at 40, my first child at 40. Um, yes, Coop. Say hi. Hi. Um, we're a small family, so it's just um, Cooper, myself, and his dad. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys can't see him, but he's absolutely adorable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so let's start off. Can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? What was your pregnancy like? It was great physically, um, even at 40. Um, I am a gymnastics and cir- circus instructor. Um, I have a gymnastics and circus uh, company. That and so the whole time I coached. Um, I was super active the whole time, uh, until the very last, um, week or two, I ended up having a lot of, uh, fluid in my, in my amniosac. Okay. And, um, and so they told me to stop working because if I were to, if my water broke, it was possible that the cord could prolapse. So they wanted me to not be, um, you know, walking around and doing a whole lot of jumping around. Right. <laughs> Um, but outside of that, it was great. Um, I, I had the, the first three months of a little bit of nausea, no, no actual vomiting, but just that feeling that you get, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, it was pretty much smooth sailing, um, physically. I mean, there were some emotional things that I was dealing with and, um, and stress that I was dealing with. Um, but as far as like my physical, there was no problem at all. Yeah. So I know, you know, in the medical community, they will tell us that anybody over 30, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> you're in that high maternal um, range. And, you know, yeah. Danielle and I always speak to that. Yeah, you might have to have some things looked after and, and think about some things, but that doesn't mean you can't have babies. So can exactly. you can you talk a little bit about how that yeah. looked for you with being older um, yeah. in the medical community for having a child? But Absolutely. yeah, how was that for you? Yeah, so I um I was with the midwifery. I actually was pregnant um six months before I got pregnant with Coop. Um, so well, at six months before I got pregnant with Coop, I had a miscarriage. Okay. Um, but I didn't know I was pregnant. Um, my grandfather passed away, and um, we weren't necessarily trying, but you know we we've been together for twelve years, so it was kind of like you know if it happens, it happens. Right. <laughs> and um and so with all the stress from my granddad passing, um I. I, again, I didn't even know. So my, my stomach just started hurting really bad. And um, Chris, his dad, was like, are you pregnant? I was like, no way. How's that even possible? It's like, oh, that's very possible. <laughs> and, so, um, and so lo and behold, I was pregnant. And um, But I, I lost the baby. And um, and so six months later, I'm pregnant again. And um, and I didn't know. And so my actually, the manager for our gym um, was like, I think you might need to check and see i'm like why she's like you're eating donuts like i never <laughs> eat like you know <laughs> sweet stuff really and um and so I was, I was pregnant and uh i when i went to the midwifery i mean it was a group midwifery group and um i i could tell they were tiptoeing around stuff you know mm-hmm. and um so finally one of the ladies asked um are you doing anything to get pregnant and i was like uh I guess so. Like, <laughs> I'm doing what people do to get pregnant. She was like, well, are you taking, are you doing any kind of fertility treatments or anything? And I was like, oh, no. And she, you know, she, she mentioned it then. And I, I guess I knew that I was older, mm-hmm. but I didn't really think about, because I'm, I coach with 20 year olds and, you know, I do things yeah. that kids do. So I just 
wasn't really thinking about it. Um, and so one thing that stands out, I tell people about a lot, um, I just had a, uh, just had an exam. And so with the midwifery group, there was an OBGYN that would have to see you, like there was a rotation or whatever. And um, she saw me and she measured my belly and did the whole, you know, blood pressure thing and blah, blah. So you're, you look great. You're gaining just enough weight, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was like, hey, cool. She leaves out of the room. Um, not even 30 seconds later, she comes like rushing back in the room. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she says, you're 40? I was like, yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, okay, well, we have to do this and this and this because at 40, your placenta does something totally different. And um, so we're going to have to monitor you. I'm like, so you're telling me because I had a birthday that my placenta is now doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) we just have to be aware, you know. So at that point, um, it was a little annoying. Um, they, They definitely, like with my ultrasound, or ultrasounds, they they did more ultrasounds than I think they would have mm-hmm. in a being that I was forty. Yeah. Um, and then of course with delivery um, or labor, um, there was just a whole lot. But I know you're gonna. Get yeah. To that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is. It's interesting how you know you walked in and everything was calm and collected and and mm-hmm. you know reassuring. And then as soon as they found out that you were over that limit. It's like chaos and chaos, yeah. you know, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. Like, you know, yes, your, your placenta does do some different things and, and your body does some different things, but let's just have a conversation about that. Um, yeah. because lots of people have children over the age of 30, like that's, you right. know, that's, that's, you know, actually becoming more common, um, in our society. Like we're not having children in that, that 20 to 30 range that we originally were just because our, the yeah. way that we create our families are different now. Um, right. So I'm so glad that we're able to touch on that with, with your story yeah. today. Um, yeah. But, and I mean, we're definitely going to have to get back into this later about this gymnastics and circus thing after, <laughs> <laughs> after we finished talking about your birth. But so that was pregnancy for you. How did you, I mean, I know that it kind of was like a surprise, but after you did find out you were, um, pregnant, how did you prepare for for birth? And, and was it something you were thinking about throughout the pregnancy? I was definitely afraid. Mm-hmm. I was super scared um, of not being able to have, have the baby um, naturally. Um, well, not necessarily naturally. I, I guess I didn't even think about vaginally, but having him without um, uh, epidural um i i just wanted to, i wanted a water birth mm-hmm. um and so i was afraid of the pain a bit um but i think more than the pain i was just afraid that they would have to give me an epidural mm-hmm. and i didn't want that at all like i didn't want to have to deal with having this big needle in my back you yeah. know um so i did have a doula um i feel like it didn't go the way that i expected it to go mm-hmm. but I didn't really know enough to to know if that's what I should have expected mm-hmm. so I didn't really ask for more you know yeah um, and when you when you say that do you mean specifically for your birth or from the services of your doula I think I think a little bit of both okay um yeah I think yeah. I mean she my doula I don't want to you know I'm definitely not going to say her name, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything bad about her. Mm -hmm. Um, She, she gave me a really cool massage and um, she was open to talking, but I think I just expected a little bit more um, like as far as education, I'm kind of a um, analytical person, not kind of like I'm a super analytical (laughs) person. Um, And so I, I really wanted to know like, um, like my my mom was a young mom. She had my brothers at twenty and they're twins, and then she had me at twenty four. Mm-hmm. And so, um, with my my brothers, she had an epidural um, because they thought my brothers were just one big baby. Oh wow! And so, yeah, and she was ninety five pounds when um, she was married when she got married to my dad. So she was like this tiny little person, with these two babies, you know. Yeah. So they assumed she would just need to have the epidural. Yes, yeah, microphone. Um. And so she had epidural with them. And then with me, it was natural. Um, and she 
always talked about how painful that was. And so um, I didn't really want to talk to her about it yeah. because that would just make me more afraid. Right. Um, and then other family members, if I even mentioned it, it was like, oh, you're crazy. Why would you do anything like that? You know, just go ahead and have this epidural and, you know, whatever. Um, one aunt specifically said, you'll probably have a C-section because you're, because you're because of your age. Um, and even though she said that, even though I didn't, I didn't believe her, I guess I, in my head, there was something kind of lingering. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think I, I know I'm jumping all over the place. No, I think for the, as far as preparation, I thought I was prepared, mm-hmm. but I didn't do as much research as I think I should have. Um, I think I just expected, Hey, this is a thing that people do all the time. It's supernatural. Um, my grandma had 11 kids. I yeah. can have this child, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, outside of, I mean, I, I pretty much always eat healthy or did before him now, I eat a lot of sweets, <laughs> but, um, I pretty much eat, was eating healthy. Uh, again, I was super active. So, and I was, I did yoga. I mean, not like every day, but you know, yeah. I was, I thought my body was prepared. Um, I just, I don't think I knew all of the things that would happen in the hospital. Right. Um, And that's, that's important that you bring that up. Like we const a couple of things that you mentioned, but I'll first start off with, you know, we constantly, especially those in the birth community tell families all the time and especially birthing people like your body is made to do this. Your, your body can do this. But sometimes what is missed is the mental part. Like your body yeah. is is going to do what it's going to do. And, yeah. you know, you have to take the steps and, and the procedures to make sure that you're you're eating well and taking your vitamins and all that. But it's the mental part that we have to always catch up because you do have those outside sources telling you things like you're over, you know, a certain age, you're going to have a C-section or this, like people are always telling you, you know, the stories that were a bit difficult. And so your, your mind plays tricks on you. Um, And so you do have to do that work to make sure that your mind and body are connected, that you are able to do this and you are going to do it. Um, Another thing that you bring up and I'm constantly telling people you have to interview your doulas. And I'm not saying that any doulas, you know, method is is wrong. I think that like with a care provider or anybody that you're going to have some type of relationship with it, that you have, they have to fit who you are. And so sometimes that might be, you know, interviewing a couple of doulas to be like, how do you work? What's your school practice? How do you prepare me? How do you support me during the birth and after the birth? Like that's things that you, you should be asking doulas because every doula works differently and I do say that there's a doula there is a doula for everyone um yeah. you just have to find out like what type of support you need and then being able to find somebody who can give you that support right um right. you know I have people who be like oh you're the only person I'm interviewing I'm like no you should here's some other people I want you to consider yeah I'm not saying I can't do it I'm just saying my support not may not be what you need or what you're looking for and what I don't want to happen is us to get in a situation and you'd be like oh I wasn't prepared be like well that's how I that's how I do my support yeah Um, so you know for 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 people who are thinking about getting to a support that like just like with anything interview people and think about you know what do you need from someone who has that role um, yeah is really important yeah yeah so let's talk about your birth Um, and take it slow yeah thank you I just I do want to say um, I'm glad Coop's here because he's going to distract me a little bit he's going to distract me enough to be able to not be super emotional and that is okay if um, you are (laughs) like we we say this all the time like you know sharing your birth story whether it's the first time or the hundredth time your birth changes you and and, yeah. and what you remember of that experience like affects your life. And when you share your story, you're constantly like reprocessing it. Um, yeah. And that might mean like tears are involved or anger or happiness or whatever. Like you're constantly processing such a transformative experience. So yeah. we got you. Okay. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, popcorn. Okay. Get it. Um, so I guess, okay, so we'll start with, um, that night, I guess. So Mm -hmm. I, I went into, I, um, my water broke at home and, um, 
So I, of course, was dealing with this um, large amount of um, fluid mm-hmm. in my amnio sac. And so um, we had gone the day before. Yeah, we had gone the day before um, to Babies R Us, I think it was, um, to, to just look around and walk because he was born in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was past my due date. And so um, we got home and I everything that people say as far as like the nesting thing, like we got home and I was um, cleaning up and moving stuff and um, just, I didn't even, yeah, I obviously didn't know it was going to happen, but hindsight it's like oh yeah but um <laughs> and so I went to bed um I went and laid down at 12 30 a.m and um I dozed off at, go ahead and get it I dozed off and about 30 minutes later my water broke get it baby get it give me just a second mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> Okay, orange ball, that's right. Um, so my water broke and um and uh I was you know it. People say, you know, how are you gonna know? You know it. And yeah. so, <laughs> so I sat up really fast and I was like, <gasps> and Chris sits up and I was like, My water just broke. And so there's like it's everywhere. And um and so he's running around and I got on my hands and knees. They told me to to check and make sure my um my cord hadn't prolapsed. Mm-hmm. Got on my hands and knees, checked. Um, it was still intact where I thought. I mean, it was it was still intact from what I could feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I called. Um, I The last couple of weeks, uh, there was a lady that was that started coming to the gym. And she, well, she was already coming to the gym to work out. Um, so my, so I, the gym that I have is the gymnastics and circus gym. When I say gym, people think workout gym, but so she came to Inflight, and um, and so she was actually studying to be a midwife, and um, I was kind of telling her what was going on with me, and you know I wasn't sure about things, and so she, um, so I called her um, another doula. I called another doula who's um, an older older lady. Um, that I'm pretty close with, but, and I should have, I t- tell her this now, I should have, she should have been my doula. Um, I called her and then I called my actual doula. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, two of two out of three told me, you know, if you go to the hospital now, they're going to start the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're, if your cord hasn't prolapsed, just chill for a little bit and, um, and then you know, call call the midwife and let them know what's going on. And you know, they, and I was, I was frantic, and you know, I was like, well, they told me if my water breaks, I need to go now because of da 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 da. Um, and so we just left. We just went. Um, get to the hospital, and um, one of the doors is locked, and so I was we were freaking out again. Like we can't even get in the hospital. How are we gonna have this baby? <laughs> <laughs> And um, they, somebody told us, like, hey, you know, that door, which was crazy because we had never even tried to go through this other door before. Yeah. You know, it was just <laughs> us being all frantic. Um, so we we get to the other door, go in, and um, and Chris is just like, he's, I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he was losing it. Um, <laughs> like, um, she's about to have a baby. <laughs> and I was like, they can see that I'm pregnant. There's like water everywhere. I'm sure they know. And uh, no, no, no. And uh, and so they were like, okay, you know, calm down. We'll get, you know, we'll get you together. No, you don't understand. Like she's a mosquito. So anyway, yes. they bring a little chair and um, they will me. And and I'm literally like, I mean, fluid is everywhere. Like yeah. it's, trickling all the way down through the hospital is kind of crazy and I guess that's normal but it just was crazy Mm -hmm. and um and so they told him well you have to go and move the car and he was like what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) so um, he goes to move the car when he did come up he was like yo I'm sorry I apologize to them you know and so I was like it's cool um and it was like once I got there my contractions started like pretty frequent like mm-hmm. they were pretty strong um well i felt like they were pretty strong and um 
it was maybe three, maybe three hours or so. Um, I was seven centimeters Mm -hmm. and, um, and, uh, the nurse kept coming in and saying, um, are you sure you don't want anything? And I was like, I'm good. You know, like, um, I was doing my breathing and, you know, I felt like, I mean, obviously they were starting to get kind of intense as far as like, um, you know, when it kind of starts taking your breath away. Yeah. But, um, got it, but, um, but it was okay, you know, um, and so, um, one of so the the doula that or the the birth assistant that work, was working out at the gym ended up coming to the hospital. Okay, um, got it. Yeah, you got your ball. And um, I had told her already that I had a doula, and that was just going to be weird. And so, you know, mommy, I was just going to stick with my doula, mommy, you know. And, yeah. Um, and she came anyway, and so I didn't want to like say get out, and yeah. she had been really helpful and. Um, and it wasn't like, it didn't feel like a problem yet, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, and so she was there and, um, and then my doula that I actually hired, um, came a little later and, um, she had trouble getting in the room because they said that she already had a doula mm-hmm. and they didn't, you know, understand what was going on. Yay. Cool. And, um, and so that started a bit of awkwardness in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and I didn't want to say like, you know, Hey, I, I didn't hire another doula. She's just somebody that was working out and we became cool and she was helping me, whatever. Um, but it was just too much going on and I was trying to focus and you know, you're having your baby. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and so I do at one point, um, the doula that I, Hired. Well, I'll say the doula and then the, and then the birthing assistant. Mm-hmm. So um, at one point, my doula told the birthing assistant to keep her feet off of my bed. Uh-huh. And um, she, was, she was nice about it. She was like, hey, you know, um, I don't want to like step on toes or anything, but you, know, you, want, you should keep your feet off of the bed because you never know where she's going to sit, you know? Right, right. And, um, and so I remember being in the bathroom with Chris, like I had to go pee. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and, no, um, that's fine. <laughs> and he, um, he came in with me and pee pee got pee. No, 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 And so um, he was like, "It's Battle of the Doulas in there," and I was like, "Yeah." Um, he was like, "But I do like that she told her, you know, take her feet." And I was like, "Yeah, that was cool." You know, yeah. and I, I, yeah. I didn't know that her feet were there because I was not thinking about that. But um, and so. Time goes on and um, they check and now I'm eight centimeters and um, the OBGYN comes in and she was like, I need to put another monitor on you and you're going to have to be in bed. And I was like, why? And she was like, well, we're not sure your contractions are strong enough. And I was like, well, why, why are you not sure if I'm diabetic, you know? Yeah. And, um, and she was like, well, you're just really calm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> And, like. uh, like, I keep saying, like, I'm sorry. And like. so, um, I thought that was really strange. Like, yeah. well, do you want me to not like. be calm, like. you know? And they're yeah. like, well, yeah, you know, like. you should be calm, but you're just a little like. calm. Are you sure you don't want anything? Like. They kept asking me no, this, you know? No, no. Yeah. And, you know, I, was, I didn't. No, no. I mean, yes, it was getting intense. No. And there was some pain. Like, at some no. point, it's, like, not cut off. At some point, it wasn't just, like, pressure. It was definitely some pain. You know? Yeah. Um, but I was okay. And um and so the that was I had the first like belt kind of monitor on and then they um added an, some other kind of monitor that was like a hard piece of something on my belly. Mm-hmm. Um and then they added a, another monitor vaginally. Okay. That they put on top of his head. Right, um, right, right. She explained it was like they screwed it on top of his head, mm-hmm. which I thought was crazy. But, um, and so I couldn't move at this point. Like right. I was um, on my back. Um, at um, I I liked like when my contractions were coming. I liked being on my feet, like in a squat squatting position. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But I couldn't do that um, anymore. So they did sit my bed up all the way. 
um, or not all the way, but they set up a little bit so I can kind of mimic that position, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And um, at one point she said, well, I can still put a little bit of your sack. Let's try to um, pop it, like uh, open it all the way, the sack, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And um, she, she asked me to push. So she went in vaginally and, um, and asked me to push. Um, and she was like, you know, just imagine that you're... Um, that you are pushing out like you're going to use the bathroom, but focus on your vagina instead of your bottom. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I was like, okay. And, uh, and so I pushed. And this was, um, this was the only time that I ended up being able to push. Um, this, I pushed three times. She told me to stop. Um, she, and then she was like, I think we're going to have to do something different. And um, she leaves out of the room. The doula's left out of the room. Um, oh, at some point, I had oxygen. An oxygen mask. I can't remember exactly which. But, um, so they left out of the room, came back, and she said, um, I think it's time that we intervene. Um, sorry, backtrack, way back. So the day before, when I was walking around in um, Babies R Us, mm -hmm. um, they had um, scheduled a induction. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do it, but I did go to the hospital just to make sure so they could do like another ultrasound or, mm -hmm. you know, monitor and see if he's, if he's okay. Right. Um, baby was okay, but they still wanted to induce because I'm 40 and because I'm over my due date mm -hmm. and, um, and I didn't want to do it. And so I didn't, um, they made me sign the sign of, um, what is it? AMA. AMA. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then that night I ended up, um, going, you know, spontaneously going to labor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three days before that, um, my wa my mucus plug came out. So the owner of the midwifery told me I didn't need to be induced. Like this is ha she's an old midwife. Mm -hmm. She's told me I didn't need to be induced. It's happening naturally. Yeah. Um, all of the things are happening. Don't worry. You know. Yeah. And, um, and so back to where we were as far as the delivery. So I'm eight centimeters. I've pushed three times. They told me to stop. She goes outside with my, with the doula and the birthing assistant. Um, they come back. They told me, tell me that they need to intervene and they think that I need a C-section. And um, yeah, it was crazy. No, I was like, what do you mean? Why? Um, well, the baby's not. Okay. Well, give me a second. The baby isn't. Um, isn't uh responding to the things that we're doing so when i guess when they put the monitor on the baby's head he didn't move or something and mm -hmm. um and so they said that that worried them and then they did something where they flushed my come here they did something where they flushed my uterus with water and they said that he didn't move okay um and they she said that he probably wasn't getting oxygen okay. and um and so Chris was really upset. Um, he he actually left out of the room. I mean, he came back, but he left out. So, um, and I, I tried to fight it as much as possible without, I didn't want to be the cause of something being wrong with him. Right. So right. Um, when I saw Chris's face, I just said, okay, let, let's just do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember, so the first, when I was pregnant the first time, um, I went to another midwifery and, um, the I really liked the midwife that was supposed to be like assigned to me, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't like the practice itself. Yeah, and um, so that's why I went with this other midwifery. And um, when they were wheeling me to the OR, I looked across the nurses' station and I saw that midwife, and I just wanted to call out to her. Yeah. Um, but you know, I felt it was too late, and that was just going to be dramatic, and so. <laughs> Um, so we went and, um, I, know, I, know, I was, yeah. I just felt so defeated. It was 18 hours with no drugs, no epidural. Yeah. And they were taking my baby at 18 centimeters. I mean, at eight centimeters. It's like, I can push in another centimeter. You already let me push. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but that was, that was it. Um, okay. Get it. Baby. Get it. Um, and so, yeah, he, he came, um, via C-section and, um, he was screaming. They they told me, you know, if he might not move when he comes out. We might need to work on him. Um, he probably hasn't had oxygen in a little bit. Um, I mean, just like I, we were both like scared. Yeah, yeah. And um, he came out like as big as I don't know what he's eight pounds three ounces, and I'm five three. Like he was a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and and hollering, screaming, no problem. 
Um, and so e- then I felt even more like defeated. Like mm-hmm. they took him for no reason, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got that was my delivery. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it, it's so hard. Like when you when you hear all these things, where you have this this idea in your head of what you you want your birth to look like, and, and then you hear how like that's okay. um how things go. Like one thing happens, and another thing, and another thing, and it's you feel like you're falling down this hole of just things happening to you. Right. Um, and as a doula, I'm always, you know, it's hard for me. Like when I'm listening to these stories, like my doula hat goes on. And I'm like, I need more information. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thinking I about, saw your face. <laughs> <laughs> like, tell me more. Like, why do we need this? Why do we need this? And, and you know, it's happened and we're and we're not there. But it, it always leads to the questions of like, it's really important, no matter the situation that like, doctors, midwives, care providers, doulas, anybody is working under the informed consent type of model. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you all the information as fast as I can, but give Mm -hmm. you time to, like, process it so, like, you know what's happening and why it's happening. Um, And and also, you know, in birth, like, especially in birth, when, when, when families are in such a vulnerable state and because birth takes work, Mm-hmm. they're not able to digest things the way that if you and I were talking right now. Um, so we have to honor that. And, and so, you know, I have questions of like, why are we pushing at eight centimeters? Like, why are we, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And, and from your story, I feel like we missed that. Like we missed that point where your, your providers really gave you that information. Um, and, you know, no, and I always say this, like no matter what your story is, it's important because someone else might have that situation. Mm-hmm. It's a piece, a, a, a time for you to be able to, to kind of work through all of that. Um, and, and it's easy, you know, for people to say, well, you had a healthy baby. Yeah, but you still had an experience that happened to you and not with yeah. you in it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you're allowed to work through that. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's it's still really hard for me, and I, he's two and a half, and he's he's you see him, you hear him. He's like he's a busy boy, um, but it's just I, I think like as an athlete, you know, and I know mm-hmm. I mean I'm not currently competing or anything, but yeah. um, but as an athlete, like, and then all of the women in my family, like even my my aunt had a son. Um, at she was I think he was twenty she was twenty six weeks so mm-hmm. super super premature mm-hmm. um, but they still let her deliver vaginally mm-hmm. and he's now six three and yeah. annoying and um, <laughs> <laughs> you know and so like nobody I I, I have one cousin that had a C section mm-hmm. um, and she is similar um, her, she's two years younger than me and her son is one year older so she was an older mom mm-hmm. too. Um, but like everybody else in my family had vaginal birth, whether they had an epidural or not, um, most most didn't. And so it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my body is just supposed to do what it's supposed to. If I can climb 50 feet in the air, 30 feet in the air and do an aerial piece, I should be able to have a baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in my head, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, I don't know. It's it's not con- as constant as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom came down. Um, so the day that I got out of the hospital, the plan was for her to come. And um, yeah, you're skipping. Um, the, oh, skateboard. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, the plan was for her to come down. And um, so she was here for a um, almost two weeks, like a day or two shy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had to like get me out of bed. Like yeah. she had to like pick out clothes for me. Like I was 12 and in middle school, mm-hmm. you know, um, she opened the, opened the windows and, you know, it was like, you, you need to get up. Like you can't. And sometimes she was, I felt like it was a little mean, you know, like, stop it, you know, yeah, but, um, yeah. but she was, she's a Southern mama. So she was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and it, it was just, it was, it was, it was much more 
worse than yeah now but i'm it's still something that i'm dealing with so. yeah and that's normal you know like that's that's very normal um and, and i i emphasize that that it is normal because um a lot of people go back and think about their birth and think about the what ifs and think about the experience and and that's normal and like i said when you feel like it's something happening to you and not you involved in it, it, it it's a lot to work through um, okay baby, give me a second and so i i you know i applaud you for doing that for doing the work to to work through that and recognize that um that 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 is something that you're gonna have to do and who knows and and we don't need to put a time limit on it either it might be yeah. for the rest of your life if yeah. he might turn 10 and it might be like you know what we're good but you know that's that's something that happened at a very important time of your life yeah. and you're working through that Thank um you. so um for for you and for other people who have you know stories like that like keep doing the work and keep reaching out and finding community to allow you to do that work um to heal that's really what yeah. it is to actually heal from that yeah. um for sure definitely um and you know to any of our you know care providers who are listening i am in no way I have, you know, that is not in my scope of practice to <laughs> diagnose or say this or that. Um, yeah. So who's to actually know, like, but the care providers who were there that day, what what was going on. But I think it's just important that in those situations, we are working under informed consent. Like, really allowing families to understand what is going on so that they can be a voice in that experience. So that you could be able to say, okay... That does that makes sense to me. Let's do that instead yeah. of it being a decision out of fear, you know. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, but you spoke a little bit about your postpartum, and I know you know for our families who do have cesarean births, it is a bit more of a recovery um, yeah. that you have to go. So, can you talk a little bit about your postpartum with like healing, and then also like you know you, you said your mom came down and really. Um, yeah. supported you in that way. So can you talk about what postpartum looked like? Yeah. Um, so um, days kind of were foggy. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure at exactly what day this happened. But um, I um, I ended up having preeclampsia after being, those pre being diagnosed preeclampsia after birth. Okay. Yep. Um, and so um, I went for a checkup. Are y'all battling? Yeah, like the children <laughs> right now. <laughs> so I um I went for a checkup and um. Okay, let me talk for a second. Um, and uh, my blood pressure was one forty five over something. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't feel anything. Um, she asked if I had a headache or. My stomach was hurting or, you know, if I was blurry, anything, nothing was wrong. Um, the midwifery is in the same, uh, on the same campus as the hospital. So they sent me right over to the hospital um, and they start, it's okay, rub it. They started working to get my blood pressure down. Mm -hmm. um, and so for, I guess a month, uh, um, maybe a month and a half I was taking um blood pressure medicine okay it's kind of started weaning myself off I didn't um they told me that I probably should take it forever but yeah. I didn't want to take it forever um <laughs> and so um I um I still kind of like at times if I have a headache I'll go uh, check my blood pressure yeah but um and it's hot so I don't eat meat it's always been low Mm -hmm. um like not even like 100 over Plus, whatever yeah um Plus. 80 maybe or something um and now it's like usually like 110 or so mm -hmm. um which is high for me but not high yeah um so i don't feel like i need to take it. but um so that's one part of my postpartum um as far as like um the healing with the C-section was rough. Mm -hmm. um, 
in the hospital. Um, they wanted me to get up and walk around, and I was like, you've lost your mind. Yeah. Um, uh, even getting up to use the bathroom, like, I just couldn't stand up all the way. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. And so there was... For me, I guess there there's two parts of it. Like because of the pushing, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I think it was three times. When I tell people, they're like, "There's no way it was three times if you were that sore," you know. But um, I was sore vaginally and had the the uh, pain from the C-section, so I was kind of, it was rough. Um, I used the um, cold packs like on my on the outside of my vagina yeah. and then on my on my scar also yeah. um but um I did get up and walk around because they made me and um that was really hard um so you have to in the hospital you have to will your baby like you can't um you can't carry, carry them, them yeah which I, I mean I wouldn't have probably been able to anyway so yeah. I was kind of using that to help me walk um and that it was rough Physically, but it was also hard because you would see, or I would see, rough, yeah, rough like the touch. Um, I would see other moms walking, like breathe, like it was a breeze, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. holding their or not holding their baby because they had to yeah. roll them around. But um, so that was hard emotionally too. Yeah. Like, oh, they know that I had to have this C-section. I bet they're looking at me like I was, I'm weak, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, at home, um, when I did go home, uh, I felt like Chris was not happy with me or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I know that he, I mean, there were some other things going on, but now I know that he was just upset too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and so it was just hard, like, try, you know, navigating, like, my emotions, his emotions. I had this cute little baby that yeah. made me happy, but you know, I had these other things that were making me sad, and I didn't want to be mad at the baby because he's perfect, right. you know. Right. Um, but without him, I wouldn't have had to go through this, and um, and I don't want that to sound, like I don't regret having a baby at all, you know. Right, but right. it's just like all of those things are happening at the same time. You know what I mean? Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, and so I, I, I joked around with people before, and you know, they well, when are you gonna come back to the gym after you have the baby? And I was like, oh, two weeks. Like I'll be back. You know. Yeah. Um, and they were always like, you know, no, you can't do that. You gotta stay with the baby. You know. And of course, yeah. like I'm from Florida, and so my grandma is not having that. Like you stay in the house, you know, for six weeks. Um, and so I knew I was kind of joking, but I also thought I'd be fine. You mm-hmm. know. Why? Um, what happened? Get it. Um, and I, you know, I and at two weeks, I was still walking around holding my belly. Yeah. Um, um, even at six weeks when I did go back, so I, I went back more probably for my sanity, um, because I still wasn't really coaching. Um, and Coop was with me, and so he, we had a little bassinet in the office, and um, but there, you know. If I walked too much, it, there was pressure on my scar. Yeah. And now, um, you know, I don't know if this is still postpartum at two and a half years. Yes, but, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> it um, is. It still hurts sometimes. Yeah. Um, and like doing, so trapeze used to be my favorite aerial equipment. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can't do a lot of things because of the bar on yeah. my stomach, you know? Yeah. Um, which I know, like, I'm sure I can train a bit because I'm not in shape. I just kind of lay around mm-hmm. now. But um, I know a couple of moms that um, perform for Cirque du Soleil. Well, one just stopped so she could be at home more. Her son is two also. Um, but she did, like, full-out bar routines after a C-section. Um, so I know it's possible. But at 42, I'm not really trying to be in that kind of shape. You know? It's all right. Right. Um, but there, you know, it's still, it's that scar. There's still some pain there. Yeah. So, and everybody's, yeah. everybody's body is different. I mean, there's that too. And um, first I, I want to say this. I think that we, um, something you mentioned was you felt like, you know, the other 
um, birthing yeah. people would see you and be like, oh, she's weak because she had to have a C-section. And I think that's also, you know, the mindset that our society puts on cesarean births as if they aren't these still powerful births. Yeah. It is still a sacrifice of your body <laughs> to have. That's like, you know, it's major abdominal surgery that you're yeah. having um, to birth your baby. And yeah. so there is power in that. Um, I, you know, I first I first want to mention that um, that you still gave birth and you still yeah. gave a powerful birth. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we, we do have to shift the narrative around that. Um, and then also postpartum is postpartum. You had your baby and you're working through that. So that's forever. Okay. <laughs> At least in my book. <laughs> cool. We are, I mean, like the changes that our bodies have and that we mentally have to, <laughs> to readjust to is major. Um, yeah. And so again, like working through that, um, postpartum is forever. Okay. Yeah. So whatever Thank to you. that. <laughs> um, but yes, our bodies are different, and and like you said, really trying when in postpartum period, like why it's so important that we we talk to people about postpartum is the expectations that we have for ourselves and our body for after we have our babies. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, we don't talk enough about like your belly doesn't just go down. Yeah. Um, and even with cesarean births, like you still are bleeding vaginally even if you have a baby so not only are you you know trying to heal from that also from the 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 scars and um the work that was done for for having the baby um and then just like trying to grasp with like what is this new body yeah you know like especially when people are like like athletes or people who do things with do work with their body i think it takes a lot longer to to process all of that Oh yeah. Um, you know, I was a you know, I played basketball in college. Mm-hmm. Definitely was not in shape after college. Like so I, you know, yeah. my athlete <laughs> days are <laughs> over, but you know, yeah. I still consider my body as like it it okay. was something that I okay. used for um I used like to do to do work with. So yeah. after having children, like I expected to be able to go out and do my runs and, and yeah. lift these things. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> um, yeah. that is not the case. And so having to work around like what my body looks like and feels like, so that's real. Like for, for those who, who do work with their bodies, um, you need the space to like figure all that out. Yeah. Um, and how to like get back in that groove. Cause that is like an important part of your life. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, and and I do hear from a lot of cesarean um, people who have cesarean births that years after still feeling pain or discomfort from their scars. Yeah. Um, so also working with families to kind of work on how to eliminate that or or work around that or build build back up that area. Because um, like again, it was huge abdominal surgery. Yeah everybody's birth stories has like again like the same way birth is these mm-hmm. these contractions right these 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 rises and falls of us being okay and then not being okay and being okay and not being okay um mm-hmm. and just trying to find the tools like to navigate that and i think all of us who 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 have children you know whatever way that we have our children are constantly mm-hmm. just trying to figure it out yeah <laughs> yeah um, just trying okay. to figure it out. So, yeah. um, I do. I thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, no and being thank vulnerable. because um, there's someone out there, and and even you, like I, again, like doing the work for yourself, but also that there's somebody in our community who needed to hear that. Yeah, um, for sure. So, let's talk a little bit about Cooper Rose. um so we were talking before but can you give our listeners a little background of how cooper rose started what is cooper rose um and what they can they can expect from cooper rose cool um so cooper rose started because huh yeah spit it out don't do that he's a boy 
<laughs> so Cooper Rose started because um, um, his, his skin was really sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, and so around um, like two months, two and a half months, his skin, um, his the skin on his face, um, he had cradle cap, but mm -hmm. it it came all the way down to his eyebrows. Like it was um, like scaly mm -hmm. on his, you know, on his forehead. And he had um, baby acne really bad um, mm -hmm. and um, and eczema. And then his, um, so I start, already started like um, taking away baby products that had um, like things that weren't natural. Yeah. Um, and And it's funny that you don't even like, so I feel like I'm a pretty natural person, but if you're just, if you just, if you're just used to using a product, you know, like if your family used it, yeah. then you don't even really think about it, nope. you know? Not at all. And, um, and so it's like, oh my gosh, this has da 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 in it. And, um, and so his, his bottom got really raw and we had already bought the Gerber, um, like the prefolds, the mm -hmm. old school diapers. And, um, and so my thought was, okay, we'll put these diapers on him just to air out his bottom. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't find the pins, the big, um, diaper pins. Yeah. And, um, because again, I'm 40. And so in my head, like, it's like, oh, I used to use these on my little cousin, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, um, I went everywhere looking for these pins. I couldn't find them. I went into a baby boutique and was like, Hey, you know, I'm looking for these diaper pins. And so the lady was like, oh, people don't use those anymore. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. What do they use now? Yeah. And, um, and she was like, oh, well, we have these snappies. And I was like, well, how does, it, how does this even work? And she said, oh, let me take you over here. So she's, she takes me to this wall and she's like, these are, um, these are all diapers. And, you know, there's red and pink and blue and polka dots and stripes. I had no idea. I had never seen modern cloth diapers before. Yeah. Um, and out of all of my friends that I felt like were pretty natural too, but, you know, they had kids 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So they didn't cloth diaper their kids. And, um, and of course, the Washington, of course, but the owner of the store was white and everybody that was coming in the store were white and the neighborhood was white. And, um, and I was like, we need to know about these diapers. Yeah. Um, and so I... I just kind of set out to like have more black people know about black and brown people know about cloth diapers. It wasn't necessarily um, until a little bit later that I decided to actually make it a business because um, I just wanted to tell people. So I would like, um, like on purpose, like I would, um, or intentionally, that's the word, um, <laughs> I would change his diaper in public, mm -hmm. you know? So people like around like the gym or, and my gym is in an area that's underserved and all of my gymnastics Yay! kids are black and, you know, and so yeah. like um, their moms were looking at me like I was crazy. You wash those things. And, you know, and, <laughs> yep. um, and so I just, I felt like it was needed. Um, something like Cooper Rose. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that they were already some black owned diaper companies. Yeah. Um, which is great. Um, but I, at that point was already kind of in love with what I was doing. So I didn't want to stop. Yeah. Um, I do try to, um, and I think it's just who I am. I try to not step on toes. So like, um, I did kind of find my own Avenue as far as Cooper Rose. Yeah. Um, so like we, we were doing a lot of like poly diapers. So the one that you have actually, um, I don't know if I can say the can I say No, that? you can. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, cool. I cloth diaper. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Only at home though. I'm not too adventurous to like do it out in public. It's just, so we cloth diaper at home um, and use disposables like when we're out and about, but yes. <laughs> cool. So um, the, that's what I had before, like the young gifted and brown and the brown and bougie, they were all like polyester diapers. Um, but the more, um, like I was, I, I ordered them. So I was selling them, like buying them wholesale mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, or from the manufacturer. I, don't, I think in business, you, I can't say it's necessarily wholesale, but anyway, <laughs> I was buying a whole bulk of the diaper and designing like a, a customizing. Okay. And, um, and so I started thinking like every time I get diapers, they're individually in these plastic things mm -hmm. and polyester will never biodegrade. And so even though there's a need for poly diapers for people because it's inexpensive and it's still eco-friendly in a certain sense because you yeah. never use it, um, I don't necessarily want to, you want the, go get it, it's in there. I don't necessarily want to um, add to it. Yeah. Um, and so there it is. Yeah. Give it to mommy. 
And so um, I decided that we would not do any synthetic fabrics anymore. Okay. And so all of our diapers will be um, natural fiber. Um, Awesome. Yeah. So we have wool right now. We're working on some fitteds. Um, We're also um, working on a linen line, Mm -hmm. um, which is a super sustainable fabric, people. But um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, that's coming. We've started. So we have bonnets and bibs right now that are linen. Um, So diapers, bibs. Um, Kangas. So we have. Um, yes, I was going to ask. Yeah. I really wanted you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain what a Kanga is? Um, yeah. Because, and this is important for you know baby wearing. I am a mm-hmm. avid baby wearer, but um, I'll have Darren explain about the the parties you can host with Cooper Rose. But I went to a party that was hosted and learned about Kangas, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that in our culture, we have been baby wearing forever, but yeah. like I always thought the way that you use the Kangas was like this difficult, like really hard process. It's not. Yeah, so I'll let you continue. Take over. Okay. Who <laughs> um, says it's not? Um, so it is a piece of fabric, African fabric. Um, I, 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 ooh, sorry. I get mine from Kenya, like direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, all over Africa, people are using kangas, and th- this is actually one on my head right now. Um, so yes. you can use it for anything. But um, there's a there's a lady in Nairobi that um, I uh, we chat like uh, online mm-hmm. a lot, and um, she says that a lot of women just carry them, like even if they don't have babies anymore. Yeah, um, they carry them because you just use them for everything. Like you can um, lay them down and put a bunch of um, uh, food in it and close close it and carry it home. You can use it yeah. as a bag. You can use it on your hair. If it's raining, you can cover yourself. So, um, so it's just something nice to have in your diaper bag all the time. Yeah. Um, but as far as baby wearing, um, it's what tra- it's traditionally what, um, what our folks wear, yep. um, wear our babies in. And so that's the, the carry is called a torso carry. Um, and it's just two ties. It's super, super easy. They're on your back. Um, the, like people in Africa are wearing their babies, um, like newborn babies in these things. Yes. Now I won't do that because <laughs> I was born in Florida and I'm not, I'm not that advanced yet, but, um, but, uh, but yeah. And even Coop, well, I can put Coop in a Kanga and he'll fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you tie, make sure you have a good seat on the bottom. Um, so under their bottom and then, um, over your breast, it's just a, a, a normal tie, like a, like you're tying your shoe and then double it. Yeah. Um, Y'all, it's so easy. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And you actually, and I'm going to, as always, make sure everything is linked, but on um, the Cooper Rose site, you actually have a demo on how to to use those and also um, some information on cloth diapering because um, just to go back, I remember when I was telling my mom that we wanted to cloth diaper. She was like, nobody has time to be fiddling with cloth and pens and I'm like mom they don't do it that way anymore like look at these easy (laughs) look at these easy steps um she was like what so you're right like as always like things that we have been doing in our cultures for ever we've lost we've lost connection to and um you know breastfeeding sad too is like we were told that it was like or I shouldn't say we were told the 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 way that it was um, I guess the way that it, it evolved for us was that it was something that only poor people do. Right. So, you know, right. you thumb your nose up to people that right. have diaper because they can't afford to buy disposables. When you have other communities that are saving money and, stay, and helping with the earth and you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And we're sitting back, oh, I'm not doing that because mm-hmm. I'm not going to wash, you know, yep. boo-boo. And yep. <laughs> Yes. You know? How but they how how yes, how society like turns all of our our the the natural things that we do into these yep. these deemed as less things. So having right. home births, nursing yep. our children, cloth yep. diapering, um creating our own baby food, baby wearing. Yep. It's all mm-hmm. this like huge I don't I don't like to use the word like <laughs> fad or this new new thing, but We've been doing that forever. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it's like now we're like we we are we're reclaiming what you know it's it's not this extravagant thing like we can go back to that and you don't have yeah. to but if you if you want to yes it's okay to do that and now we have communities like Cooper Rose and and resources like Cooper Rose um to get more information and to mm-hmm. do that um but if you can you talk a little bit how um people can reach out to you and also a little bit about the parties that they can have yeah, um, so all of social media, for the most part, you can reach out, um, and the website. All of our handles, or the handles for all of the social media accounts um, is at Cooper Rose Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, the website is cooperrosebaby.com. Um, mostly IG and Facebook for us. Um, we do have a Twitter account, but I'm not usually, we just direct everything there. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, as far as the Cooper Rose parties, um, so each it's basically it's facilitated by um, one of our facilitators, which um, we it's either a, a baby wearing educator, um, a doula, um, someone that's called diapered for a while. Um, we actually have one midwife. I'm trying to think of what else we have. Oh, and um, uh, Certified lactation consultants. Also. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. So the facilitator that did the party that you went to, yeah. um, she's actually like everything. She's um, she's a doula. She has her CLC and um, she's a baby wearing educator. Isn't that love crazy? It. Like she, I love yeah, it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, they're facilitated by the facilitator, and but they're hosted by um, anybody, really. Um, if you're a new mom or if you just want to learn more. Um, you can choose um, one of the, um, I say, natural parenting practices. So mm-hmm. um, either baby wearing, um, cloth diapering, or nurse or uh, breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Or you can do a combo of the three um, as far as like the, the meat of your party. Yeah. Um, and we've designed them to be two hours, but they can be whatever you want them to be. Um, each host has a host box. And um it, we just like curate uh, a product, a Cooper's products, and send it to you for free. Awesome. Um, we we do ask that you use a code or have your guest um, know about the a, a promotion promotional code mm-hmm. um, to get discount on products. Um, so we ask that each party sells a hundred dollars worth of product. Um, but of course, I mean, we can't like put yeah, on right. Like that. <laughs> but we would like that. Yeah. Um, but yes. for us, it's it. It really is about people finding out yes. about this and knowing that it's easy. And I mean, yeah, we, I like to say our product is cute, you know, like we mm-hmm. have cute little items, <laughs> but you can do it so easily. Like you can cloth diaper with a receiving blanket. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to have a fancy diaper. Now yeah. you should buy a fancy diaper. <laughs> but no, seriously, you don't have, you just don't have to do that. Yes. Um, you can club. I've heard people say that they, um, got their whole stash for like 50 bucks yes and there is there's a lot of communities that you can you can go through um to to get diapers and then you can then um the word is like stripping them if they've been used before Mm -hmm. um to you know to get to to get a large amount of diapers that maybe somebody's getting rid of or you can buy new ones um right but you know again just having resources like yours to get more information. Cause I mean, even though I knew I went to cloth diaper, I did do a lot of research cause I'm like, I have no idea how this works, yeah. what a Ross routine actually even means. But once you get yeah. into it and you find like resources, it is, it, it is, it really is easy. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else you want to share with listeners, whether that's resources, advice, anything else from your birth that you'd like listeners to leave with? Um, and one of the things that I thought about, um, we do have a, um, a, what we call a Cooper Rose give. Mm-hmm. So for folks that, um, uh, may not be able to afford a stash, um, if you go to our website and go to the give page, um, fill out the form, Hello. um, we've given out, uh, about 50 diapers so far. Wow. Great. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you if you're in need or if you know somebody, please go to the website and fill out that Black recipient uh, form. Um, as far as uh, resources, Black Women Do Cloth Diaper is great for resources. Um, they also have a Instagram and Facebook, um, and it's spelled all the way out. So Black Women Do Cloth Diaper. Um, check them out. Um, 
and reach out to me. Like if, if whether it's inbox or email, email is probably better. Um, I can find it a little easier. <laughs> um, but I don't mind like talking, talking to you about it or sending you more info about it. Um, it's, it's, I've grown to have a huge passion for all of the natural parenting practices. So yeah. Great. 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 Yeah. Well, again, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Um, I am honored to be able to listen to it. Um, And then thank you for sharing your work of Cooper Rose um, and your passion with Cooper Rose. But um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yes. And Cooper, thank you for your insight today as well. (laughs) you say hi? Or bye. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, go to lgdoula.com.